Author Media presents Novel Marketing, the longest-running book marketing podcast in the world. This is the show for writers who want to build their platform, sell more books, and change the world with writing worth talking about. I'm your host, the professor of book marketing, Thomas Umstead Jr., and today we are going back to the vault for another set of reruns. This is a two- Harder. We're going to go back to what we call the Enclave Files. Uh, so these are, we'll explain in the episode, but this is when I was working as a marketing director for a publishing company. The first episode is what I did. In the second episode are the results uh, of what happened. It's kind of a retrospective. And then I will give, uh, I'll come back at the end for an even more recent update. Uh, so if you would like uh, to learn about marketing from the perspective of the inside, I think you're going to enjoy this episode. So without any further ado, let's go back in time to the year 2014 for episode 54 of the Novel Marketing Podcast. This is Novel Marketing. I'm Thomas Umstadt Jr. I'm James L. Rubart. And this is the show for novelists who hate marketing but still want to become best-selling authors. In this episode, we are going to get inside the head of Thomas Umstead Jr. You, you've, you probably know this. Some of you know this. For a long time, Thomas has worked with and pounded on marketing directors at publishing companies around the country with his suggestions on things that could be done slightly better. Well, one of those publishers, will say, decided to call Thomas's bluff and bring him on as marketing director. So Thomas is going to be able to do the things he suggested for years with in a publishing company. So we're going to take this episode and really kind of talk to Thomas about what he's expecting, what's coming, what he wants to see happen. And then in future episodes, I hope, Thomas, that we can come back and go, hey, did this work or didn't this work? That's right. We'll see We'll see if the ideas actually work in the real world. And I'm really excited about this. I'm really thankful for Enclave uh, for giving me permission to kind of open the doors a little bit. Because for a lot of people, the marketing side is very mysterious. It's these wizards who do these weird technological things behind the scenes and people don't have access to numbers they don't have access to tactics they hardly even talk with their marketing folks in many cases at publishing companies and so i wanted to break that a little bit and let you kind of take y'all inside uh, enclave publishing so for those of you who don't know enclave publishing used to be called marcher lord press and it's the premier publisher of christian fantasy and science fiction and so a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, that sounds like such a narrow niche. Uh, it's not just fantasy and science fiction, it's Christian fantasy and science fiction. Well, here's the deal. If you are one in a thousand, there are 2.6 million people on the internet who share your passion. <laughs> so um, we live in a world where these narrow niche publishers have a huge opportunity where they may not have worked 10, 20 years ago. In fact, this is what I see as the future of publishing. I think that in 10, 15 years, we're going to only have one or two mega publishers. I think the trend of consolidation is going to continue. They're going to keep buying each other. And there will always be big publishers that publish big name authors. And independent publishing is going to get really big. The middle, mid-sized publishers are all going to get bought out or will go out of business. But there will be a thriving market for small, focused, niche-branded publishing companies like Enclave Publishing. So Enclave, uh, some things I like about Enclave is that they have a strong brand. For f- people who are into Christian fantasy and Christian science fiction, a lot of them know about Enclave, or at least about Marcher Lord Press before the name change, and they're passionate fans. So when I was looking over the numbers of you know how many people uh, open an email or how many people will visit multiple pages on the website, it was just 
twice what I typically see on other websites. So, Well, and the, Thomas, doesn't that illustrate your point where, yes, this is a niche, but it, Enclave's problem is not the passion of their followers. The problem is ignorance. A lot of people j simply do not know they exist. That's right. Uh, we are few in number, but we are strong for our hearts are pure. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, a lot of people think that, you know, there hasn't been any Christian fantasy or science fiction since C.S. Lewis died. And so, that's a big challenge that we have in terms of a marketing challenge is that a lot of people in the general market or in the mainstream Christian market don't know uh, the publisher exists. They don't know about us. So, big-time fans of the genre, people who are reading a bunch of Christian fantasy books every year, uh, they know about us and they love us in many cases. But other than that, we're a little bit unknown. So there's a few challenges. I'm going to kind of like take you into the open the door on some of the challenges, and then I'm going to tell you about some of the things we're doing first, and then I'll report back from time to time with what worked and what didn't work. So um, this is kind of your chance to see what I would do if I was in charge of marketing for a publishing company. So uh, the first challenge is that uh, there hasn't been a previous marketing director. Um, the the uh, Basically, they've relied just solely on good cover design and the power of the niche and word of mouth for marketing, which worked well up to this point. But uh, now with the new owner, Steve Lobby, uh, they're wa he's wanting to take it to the next level, which means making a greater effort to get into um, bookstores and to get in front of more readers. Uh, the second is that we're still a small niche publisher so that we don't have the kind of budget that a HarperCollins or a Thomas Nelson has. We're small in size. So uh, Enclave Publishing puts out probably 10, 15 books a year. That's not a lot of books uh, compared to, again, these bigger publishers. And just to make everything nice and fun and exciting. We have a brand new name as of like three months ago. And so and, all and that's gotta be one of the biggest challenges because when companies change a name, that that transfer over, you're gonna lose some people, right? It's it's a good in the long term, but in the short term, that is a challenge for you. Exactly. And a lot of companies will um, spend millions of dollars announcing a name change. And even then, sometimes it won't work. So like Amway changed their name. Do you know what they changed their name to? Worldwide Dream Builders, isn't it? Okay, so you actually know. Most people don't know. In fact, it was such a failure. <laughs> well, when you're they, when you're pitched Amway, <laughs> okay, okay. times, and so, they say, "I'm Worldwide Dream Builders, not right. Amway," and then it turns out to be Amway. Right, it kind of sticks in your mind. So they ended up changing their name back, from what I understand. So they're Amway again uh, because the new name didn't stick. Uh, I really like Enclave as a name. I think it's a very powerful name. And March Your Lord Press has the same acronym as My Little Pony. Which, if you're in this space of fantasy and science fiction, there's a whole world of My Little Pony fans who are twenty something guys, and we want a brand that's very distinct from that because that's <laughs> not really our audience. I mean, it, there's some overlap, but it's not really our audience. Okay, so Thomas, you take on this job. You've got the position. What is your hit list? I mean, what are the priorities that you're going to do first? All right. So the first thing I did, other than just kind of getting a feel for the job and getting to meet everyone, uh, was to clean up the website. So Enclave Publishing was using my book table, but they didn't have it um, fully set up. So some books didn't have buy buttons. And uh, so one of the things I've been doing is making sure that the my book table and the website in general has all the right information. So if somebody goes to a book on Enclave, there's with one click, they can go to Barnes & Noble. With one click, they can go to Amazon. And that affiliate money goes to Enclave Publishing because I got to pay for myself. I got to get enough sales boosted uh, for the company to keep my job around because if I okay, fail... Okay, serious skin in the Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very clear. And it could be, you know, in six months, we do an episode and it's like, yeah, I don't work at Enclave anymore because, you know, we were only able to increase sales by so much and it wasn't enough to 
cover my right. expenses. And right. so, okay, okay, you and I are believers in Goodreads. Are you using Goodreads for promotional uh, outreach efforts, that kind of thing? So, I'd like to start doing some Goodreads advertising. We haven't started doing that yet. But what I did do first was I told all the authors that we have. We have a Yahoo group of all the authors. And I was like, every one of you can give away a Goodreads book, and we will pay for it. We will ship it. We'll do all the work. All you do is give away the book. And they were really excited about this because it was easy for them and easy for us. It was allowing both to work and strengths and get those Goodreads numbers moving. Because for us to really make this work as a niche publisher, we need to really build a community, uh, not just to fans of the of the genre, but also readers of the genre. Because there's a lot of people who love Christian fantasy and science fiction in theory, but when a Christian vampire book comes out, they're not going to buy it. And so we want to find the people <laughs> who will buy that Christian vampire book when it comes out. Um, which, by the way, there's a cool book that just came out that was actually someone wrote a Christian vampire book called Blood for Blood, and it's all about the question, what would happen if a vampire got saved? So that's by an author named by Ben Wolf. So we'll see how right. that does and, and if, if there's readers for it. But okay, uh, so, okay, so next question for you, Thomas. You, you and I, this whole podcast is about telling authors, sorry, you have to be your own marketing director. So are, <laughs> you, are you doing any type of training calls or are you coaching the authors to go out there and be ambassadors? So that was something I was a little concerned about because a lot of authors knew who I was either through the podcast or through my work with author media and so I didn't want them to think oh Thomas is here I don't have to do any marketing anymore because that totally (laughs) isn't going he's going to do that (laughs) yeah I'm going to do that for you he's like "Uh, no that's not how it works so but one of my frustrations with a lot of other publishing companies is they will give authors this list of things to do many of which aren't very helpful or they say you have to go get a Facebook page, you have to blog, and they don't then help the author do that. And so I didn't want to be that kind of marketing director. So what I've started doing is training calls every week. We have a um, one hour or so call where I will teach uh, all of the authors uh, who come about some aspect of marketing and then field their questions. And so my goal is to level up the skill set of our authors so that they can be the best marketers uh, that they can be. So I, I don't see my job as doing the work for them, but more giving them materials and training so that they can do the work themselves. So I want to be a coach, not a quarterback. One of the things that B&H Publishing, even though they're not doing fiction anymore, one of the things they still have my first three books, and one of the things they've been doing is sending me like a calendar of when they're going to be promoting my various titles they have. Are, are you developing any kind of editorial calendar that will do that same type of thing? We did. Uh, so that's one of the things we just have now uh, got set up. So we've set up on Google Calendar, which was really easy uh, for us to use. We set up, you know, this week we're going to focus on this book. And what we're setting up is each week is going to be a focus on a single book. And so the email that week will be about that book. Um, the blog post will be about that book. Social media will mention that book. And so for one week, an author kind of has their chance to shine as far as all of our platform. And so we're the, the goal here, and this is something that a lot of you can do yourself, it helps keep everything um, – working with the with itself so what you don't want is for the different channels to be kind of doing their own thing and that's what there had been before i came where there's some people doing blog and some people doing social media and what i'm wanting to do is getting everyone kind of rowing in sequence so the editorial calendar it's not like some iron fisted rule anyone can edit it but it's more of hey if you're going to write about such and such let us know put it on the calendar and just realize this is what the focus is uh, for this week Okay. Uh, you and I talk a lot about email uh, and how powerful it is. Uh, what kind of email things are you developing? So this is one of the things I was most excited about when I was thinking about taking the job. Is I was like, there is some low-hanging fruit in email. 
so for instance, uh, their open rate is way high. <laughs> it's one of the highest I've ever seen for what any campaign. Um, Can you say? Or do you need to keep that? Uh, I don't. Know, I don't know if I can say what the open rate is. So, so okay. I'm allowed to talk. Let's just say it's of, high. It's it's yeah. Just believe me when I say as a as a website guy, I get to see a lot of open rates. And for a list of this size, I just don't see an open rate this high. And nice. and, and even for boring emails. So like a very boring email will go out, and the open rate is still really high. And so I'm like. If it's getting that high of an open rate with a boring email, how much more can we get with a really exciting A-B tested subject line and good photos and good everything else? So, we, Jim, we should probably do some more episodes specifically on email and how to do it right. You know, uh, we've never done that. That's a good idea. <laughs> <That's> kind of, <laughs> I'm like, hmm, with as much as we talk about it. So anyway um, – We'll be putting those best practices uh, into practice on the email. And so we will see. Uh, we haven't sent out a new email yet with a new model. In many ways, these are what I'm planning to do. And the final thing um, I'm hoping to do is work on passive marketing, which we should also do an episode on, which is the ads in the back of the book of an author promoting mm-hmm. other books by that author and other books by that publisher. And this is where the focus of our brand really helps because for a lot of publishers, they do books about all kinds of things. And so another book from that publisher may not be interesting to that reader. But if somebody's reading Christian fantasy and you have another book that's Christian fantasy, chances are they're going to be interested in that second book. And this is where I think our brand will really become powerful, where people will come to us as a publisher looking for this kind of writing, uh, which most publishers don't have. Most people don't even know the name of the publisher of their favorite books. And so my hope is that Enclave is not that kind of publisher, where people come to our website to find new Christian science fiction and new fantasy. This is probably an unfair question. I'll ask you one more, but um, I'll ask it and then you can uh, answer it however you want to. But is there anything you can tell us today that you're going to be trying that we can revisit two months from now and go, okay, did it work or did it not work? So one thing we're doing is we're boosting the frequency for the email campaign. So it used to be a monthly campaign. We're going to take it to a weekly campaign. And okay. so, um, because I think that there's demand for it, I think people are going to like it. That could blow up in our face. <laughs> so Okay, so we'll be able to look back in two months and, and report, yes, that has increased the open rate or increased subscribers, or it hasn't. That's right. That's right. Okay. So, nice. um, yeah, that and some other things, we'll kind of see how it goes. Um, I'll be, yeah, each, each, we'll just check in. I'll be like, here's what, here's what I tried. And so that Goodreads, I thought that was going to be huge and it didn't end up being huge or, oh my gosh, we cannot give enough books away on Goodreads. So, uh, the initial results on Goodreads have been very encouraging. Uh, we have hundreds of folks, uh, for authors who are relatively unknown signing up to, you know, putting their book on their to read list because of Goodreads, uh, giveaways. So, I'm excited. Well, I, have to, I, I have to compliment you so far, Tom, Thomas. Your your campaign is very transparent. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So, yeah, if you're looking for good uh, science fiction and fantasy, uh, go to Goodreads right now because there's a lot of free books being given away. So this is your chance. Uh, so you can go and enter. And um, I'm really excited to, to for this opportunity because I was already a fan of um, – Enclave Publishing. Back when it was March Lord Press, I would buy their books and read them on my own. Um, in fact, some of the only books I've ever read on my Kindle before I switched to audiobook only were Enclave, uh, Enclave books. So it's a, it's a great company. I'm excited to work there, and I'm hoping to be able to use it to give you all a peek inside, at least as much as I can, 
in what it's like running a company. I will say that it's like, wow, this is really hard because there's no make sales button. Like there's no like magic <laughs> button. that's like boost Amazon sales, push this button. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to totally push that button. So anyway, we will be playing around um, some ideas that I've been thinking about that we may or may not do price pulsing. Uh, which is where you take an older book and you lower the price of it for a short period of time, trying to uh, generate interest in um, audiobooks. I'm a big advocate of audiobooks, so we're going to see about uh, researching inexpensive ways of getting into the audiobook store for more discovery, because especially for younger readers, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. they very much prefer uh, audiobooks. In fact, of my friends who are within my same age group, so I'm in my 20s, and of my friends who are readers who read 20-plus books a year, every single one of them does it by audiobooks that I can think of off the top of my head. Maybe one of them still reads paper books, but um, they don't have Kindles, and they don't buy a lot of paper books. They listen to their books, and so I want to be there where my friends can buy our books um, because I think they would love them if we were in the format that they consume them in. So... Anyway, those are some kind of initial ideas. Let us know if this is something interesting to you. If you're like, oh, Thomas, don't talk to us about your new job. We just want you to talk about marketing. We want to hear that as well. So let us know. Uh, You can reach out to us at novelmarketing.com or post a review in iTunes. And now for part two, where we share the Enclave Files results. This is Novel Marketing. I'm Thomas Umstadt Jr., sitting in for James L. Rubart, who is still sick with the plague. And this is the show for novelists who want to become best-selling authors. Jim doesn't really have the plague, but he does have a terrible flu. And so I'm solo, doing this episode solo uh, yet again. And today we're going to be talking about the Enclave Files. We're going to ha- This is episode two of the Enclave Files. So for those of you who've been listening for a while, you know that back in episode 54, we talked about how... I started working as the marketing director for Enclave Publishing, helping them with marketing. And I laid out some of the things that we are going to start doing, some of the things we're going to change with Enclave Publishing. And we promised back then that we would do a follow-up episode to talk about what worked and what didn't. So this is the dreaded accountability episode to talk about what worked, what didn't, and see what you can learn from our successes and our failures. So for a little bit of background, for those of you new to the show, Enclave Publishing is the premier publisher for Christian science fiction and Christian fantasy. So, uh, or we like to say Christian fantasy and science fiction, not to confuse it with the Church of Christian Science, which is a totally different thing. So anyway, um, it's a very small niche, right? Fantasy is a niche, Christian is a niche, and the Christian fantasy and science fiction is the overlapping of those two niches, which brings strengths and weaknesses, challenges uh, to what we're doing. The best strength is that we have a passionate fan base. Uh, it's a publishing company that people are fans of. Readers are fans of. Most readers don't care about most publishers. In fact, I imagine even you listening, and y'all are industry insiders, you probably could name uh, the publisher for your favorite author. Think of your favorite author and then wonder, who's the publisher for that author? My guess is for most of you, you can't think of the the publisher. You may have it within a few guesses, but publishers generally don't have a strong brand, whereas Enclave Publishing has a strong brand, which is one of the reasons why I was excited to work with them, because as a publishing company, they're a publishing company that means something. So... 
we talked in the last episode about, uh, or in the last episode of the Enclave Files about some of the things we're going to try. So one of the things that we did was we started to record videos. I would do some coaching with authors and we would record them pitching their book into their you know, laptop's computer screen. And this was not a success when it comes to selling books, because as videos are concerned, they just didn't spread. They didn't get very many views. I think our best viewed video got a few hundred views. Um, They were very great practice for the authors to help them refine their pitch because they would spend a lot of time on this video. And once they had their pitch down, it helped them for the rest of their promotion on the radio and in person because they could pitch the book uh, very quickly. But uh, it was not worth it. So this is one of the things uh, that I would check on the do, would not do again uh, category. It, it wasn't a complete waste, but it was not as valuable as it could have been. Uh, the next thing that we did was uh, cleaned up my book table. We talked about this in the last episode. This was a great success. It forced us to make sure every book was on every platform. And it was the impetus we needed to get all of the books reformatted uh, and put into the iBook store, which I'm a big fan of. I really like iBooks as a store, and it's a great platform. And so uh, my book table has made the Enclave Publishing website very browsable and very um, discoverable. So once someone finds one of our books and likes it, it's not uncommon for them to come to the website and browse what else we have, and my book table makes that very easily. In fact, you can see what it looks like if you want to see for yourself. Enclavepublishing.com is the website. So the main thing I talked about was email. We switched to a weekly format uh, for email, and we didn't get complaints. It didn't explode in our face, but we found that sending out a weekly email was a whole lot more work. And so for a company, more work means more money because you have to pay somebody to put those emails together. And it was we weren't getting enough of a return for the amount of effort because we didn't really have that much new content to put together for an email. So we ended up pulling back and we've gone back to a monthly email. And uh, I will say, I'm going to talk about how we doubled, more than doubled the email list in a year. So we doubled the email list. You can listen to our episode a couple episodes back about how to get your list to 10,000 subscribers. I think it's episode 72. Um, We used a lot of those techniques, but I want to talk specifically about a couple that were very effective for us. One was a contest. And I think we did talk about this in that earlier episode, so I won't talk about it too much. But we gave away a lifetime supply or a year's supply of Enclave books. Books. These were e-books, so it cost very little for us to give them away. But they had a street value of $300-$350. So it was a great gift, but what was really good about it, and this is the key thing I want you to hear, is that it's only interesting to the people who'd be interested in our future books. So we weren't attracting you know, the Amish romance readers, right? These were the prize was Christian fantasy and Christian science fiction. And so if you're not into those genres, you're not going to enter the contest. And so we got tons of people applying who are opening our emails and are buying our books. The other thing that we did using the plugin SumoMe is that it's a viral plugin. So when somebody enters the contest, they get an entry for free. But you can get five additional entries for each additional person you get to enter the contest. And so we had some folks who would get dozens of their friends, and their friends would get friends, and it spread on its own without us having to pay very much money in advertising. So, um, sorry, uh, it wasn't Sumo Me. It was King Sumo was the giveaway tool that we used. Um, 
It's a sister plugin to SumoMe. So SumoMe we also used, and it, uh, which is why I got them confused. So SumoMe is had this. It's a free plugin uh, that pops up in the corner, and it would say, "Hey, would you like a free book? Sign up for our newsletter." And that doubled our subscription rate. So we didn't just double the overall list; we also doubled the rate of growth on a monthly basis, just off of our regular traffic, with a very humble pop up. It wouldn't pop up right away. It wouldn't pop up for everyone if you exited out. It wouldn't pop up again for you for a certain amount of time. And it only popped in the corner of the screen. And when it did pop, it popped with something that you wanted, a free book. And one of the things we changed is we swapped out, and now we're giving away our most popular book by Darkness Head by Jill Williamson, which has proven to be the crack cocaine of Christian fantasy. Uh, you can't just read, and I'll warn you, if any of you want to get that book, which you can get for free on OnCliffPublishing.com, um, just be warned that you will fall in love with those characters, and there is about 80% chance you will go on to buy books two and books three because the book is just that good. In fact, uh, it was one of the books that I had read and was a fan of before I had ever talked with anyone from this company. So it was a, a famous book that had reached me as a fan of the genre uh, before. So uh, we doubled the email list. Uh, through a combination of the contests, the pop-up, and then we also worked with a website called Noise Trade, where we would give away books for free in exchange uh, for people's email addresses, and we paid for promotion through there, and that was very effective. Now, Noise Trade was particularly effective for us because the people who use Noise Trade are younger folks whose our audience is a is a younger audience and so i'm a big fan of noise trade for those of you not familiar with noise trade.com it's a place where you can legally get free music so it started off as a music site where a band would put an album for free in exchange for getting your email address and your zip code and then they would email you if they were in your area so if you're a new band getting started, it was a great way to get fans, to build your fan base, and so that when you went on tour, you had people to hear you sing. And um, they extended it now to authors with the same model. I give you my book for free, and it works great if you have a series, because you give book one away for free, you get their email address, and then hopefully they buy uh, books um, two and three after they finish reading book one. Now, the biggest shift that we made in terms of strategy is going perma-free. And we had a lot of discussions in the company about whether or not to do this. And um, we finally decided to experiment with it, and we took nine books free. They were all the first books in a series, and it was an overwhelming success. Uh, it The number of sales for books two and three in those series uh, more than doubled. And so if, if we do some real quick math here, if sales of book two doubles, that already pays for the sales of book one, assuming they all sell about the same. And if sales of book three also double, then that's additional uh, revenue just right on the top. But they more than doubled. The sales went through the roof. And then we combined the perma-free strategy with BookBub giveaways. So for those of you not familiar with BookBub, BookBub has an email list of hundreds of thousands of readers. So you're trying to build your email list, and that's really important because you can send to them very inexpensively. But BookBub, you can pay them to send an email promoting your book to their huge list, and it really does make a difference. We tried BookBub and a lot of their competitors and compared the prices and the results, and BookBub was the cheapest on a per-sales and a per-giveaway basis. So they're the most expensive in the fixed amount of money you have to pay up front, but you reach so many more people that on a per-person basis, they were actually the cheapest uh, giveaway. Now, the downside with BookBub is that you have to apply 
Uh, so we wouldn't get all of our books approved. But one of the benefits of being a publishing company is it's a little bit easier, I think, for our books to get approved. We'd submit a whole list and we get quite a few of them approved because, you know, we have that reputation and we are traditionally a traditional publishing company, even though we're using all of these kind of uh, edge edge tactics. Uh, so it, it combined. So uh, the results for, as far as this check-in have been very positive. Uh, revenue is up uh, quite a bit. I, I can't say how much, um, but I will say the, the graphs for sales are up and to the right uh, quite a bit, uh, which has been uh, very encouraging. So this was kind of a chance. I had my bluff called you know, to work for a publishing company. And not all of the ideas worked, but enough of them worked so that overall um, growth is there. And we've built a system now where we're growing our email list very quickly, uh, much faster than we were before. And so I'm optimistic that pretty soon we will really find um, more and more uh, of fans of our genre. Because once someone buys one of our books, they really, they're really great books. Uh, and I, I know I'm a biased uh, person to say this, but our, our readers really attest the reason they stay on our list is that they want to know about new books. Some of our most popular emails are a cover reveal, where we reveal the new covers for the next uh, season of books, and we release our books in seasons. And so people really want to see that. They're very excited about what uh, new books are coming in terms of the future, uh, things I'm optimistic about, uh, Facebook has recently released a new uh, change to their f- advertising platform so that you can do and targeting, which is for us magical because we want people who are readers of Christian fiction and are nerds. And so before we either could target you know Christian readers or we could target nerds, but there was no way to target the overlap between those two audiences. You know, Jeff Gerke, the founder of the company back in the day, uh, described our audience as Christians who go to Comic Con, which is the big nerd convention where people dress up in costumes like superheroes and space aliens and what have you. And um, we wanted to reach those people, the folks who would go to Comic Con and then go to church on on Sunday. And now with Facebook advertising, we can tar- find those folks, uh, which is I think they will be very excited to learn about us because most fans of the genre don't realize that there's more Christian fantasy, more Christian science fiction being made, and books that are really well-written and fun to read. And so um, I think we'll be able to reach out to quite a few more readers, really build that niche. Uh, Because as we said in uh, the last episode, if you're one in a thousand uh, on the internet – there's a million other people just like you. So maybe only one in a thousand folks are fans of Christian fantasy and Christian science fiction, but that's an audience of a million people. Uh, and, you know, if we can reach just a fraction of that or, you know, grow to find a larger fraction of that, I think it'll continue causing our sales uh, to go up. So I hope this has been helpful for you. Um, most of these tactics are things that you can do yourself. Sumo Me is a free plugin. Uh, King Sumo is, I think, a hundred dollar plugin, but it's a one-time cost. Um, and so, once you buy it, you can keep using it, which is one of the reasons why I went with that plugin uh, rather than some of the services that are like thirty dollars every month. I didn't want to pay uh, a monthly fee. Uh, my book table, uh, you can add to your website. It, the base version of that is free. You can, there's a paid version. Um, that gives you additional features. And if you listen to this show at, for any length of time, you've heard us talking about it. 
And then uh, perma-free as a, as a tactic, I think you can use uh, if you have a series of books. So um, for those of you who are just getting started writing, one piece of advice I would give you is to start thinking about your writing in terms of series. Uh, series are much easier to sell. If you can sell somebody on book one and they fall in love with your characters, they fall in love with your world, uh, it's much easier to sell them on book two. And uh, so you sell a lot more books that way. And you can start to experiment with tactics like perma-free. So perma-free doesn't work well if you only have one book. It's a standalone novel. You give it away for free. Um, that your People get it for free and they don't buy it. It can work if you do it for a short period of time. But it works much better uh, if you actually make it permanently free long term. Uh, this episode as uh, novel marketing is brought to you by my book table. Uh, a little bit of background behind my book table. My book table is a plugin that my company, Author Media, developed. Um, we used to build author websites. That was our core business. And one of the most frustrating things about building author websites, which is what we did every day, all day long, every day, was that adding book pages was a real hassle and making them look good was really difficult. It was a whole lot of work. And we were losing money in building websites because the book pages were so time-consuming. So we built a tool to use internally to help us make better author websites faster. And eventually we thought, you know, it's wrong for us to keep this to ourselves. It's so helpful. We put it on Kickstarter to see if people would be interested. We tried to raise a couple thousand dollars on Kickstarter. We ended up raising over $10,000 on Kickstarter. People were very excited about the plugin. And it's gone on to become the number one bookstore plugin on uh, for WordPress. And we no longer build websites. We just do my book table. So, so it's become bigger than our, our whole um, previous business in a sense. And so... Um, we have a free version. It's got 90% of the features for free. You can play around with it, see if you like it. If you want to use your own affiliate links and a few other uh, pro features, you can pay some money for that. And that's how we, you know, that's how I pay my employees uh, is with the money that you uh, buy. And you can get 10% off of my book table if you use the coupon code Novel Marketing. You can find out more about that at mybooktable.com. Uh, thank you for listening. You've been listening to uh, Thomas Umstead Jr. and the ghost of James L. Rubart, uh, who hopefully will be back uh, next time with a new shiny voice uh, on the Novel Marketing Podcast, giving you novel ideas on how to promote yourself and your writing offline, online, and everywhere in between. Thanks for listening. All right, 2019, Thomas here, and a couple of quick updates on the story and what happened after that. Uh, eventually, uh, during my time with Enclave, we were able to raise sales by over 500%. So we uh, totally hit our uh, growth goals. In fact, uh, the growth was so strong that Enclave ended up selling. So the plan for the company was to sell uh, to a bigger company. After 10 years, they ended up doing it after just a, f a handful of years. I think it was two or three years they sold to a larger uh, conglomerate. And uh, after that happened, I was no longer needed. The conglomerate had their own uh, marketing folks. Um, now, things have happened. There's been a lot that's happened since then. Uh, the conglomerate uh, failed to secure some venture funding that it needed. And uh, anyway, the ownership has transferred back to Steve lobby actually just recently uh, but enclave is is doing well it's continuing uh, to put out new books 
I'm no longer the marketing director. I've, I've stepped away from that a long time ago. And uh, when I was offered, you know, Steve talked with me. He's like, hey, you know, now that I have the company back, are you interested in, in coming back to, to Enclave Publishing? And I thought about it really hard. And uh, But it was during my season of pruning. So he picked perhaps the worst possible time uh, to ask me uh, to come back. So so right now I'm not, not officially involved with Enclave other than, you know, buying their books and, and sharing them on. But I'm really thankful for the opportunity to work with Enclave Publishing, to put my theories into practice, to prove that they really do work. And it it was a great experience, and I'm very glad I did it. If you have a question you'd like us to answer on a future episode, now is the time to send in your question. Right now, I'm with the baby. Hopefully, I'm recording this. My wife is very, very pregnant, and the baby's about to come. Hopefully, by the time you hear this episode, the baby has come. Uh, but very soon, I'll be planning out a 2020s episodes. So if you want to have your question featured in a 2020 episode, now is a really good time to call in with your question. Uh, the number is 512-827-8377 is the voicemail line. And of course, you can upload a recording of your audio on authormedia.com if you prefer. Uh, you've been listening to, uh, in that first episode, Thomas Sumstead Jr. and James L. Rubart on the Novel Marketing Podcast, giving you innovative ideas on how to promote yourself and your writing offline, online, and everywhere in between. Thank you so much for listening and for leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts. I hope that you and your family have a very happy new year.